This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. But So help me out, Chantel and Joe. Help me out. X? Yeah. I, what, are we, what are we doing? I don't know. I, I like to uh, refer to it as the artist formerly known as Twitter, yeah. kind of like what Prince was. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I'm going to stick with. I mean, what what what's next? Z? Z plus? I want to know how this affects the, the Twitter blue, the paid subscription. Is it blue X? Is it like what do we call the, the paid subscription? The X squared. The check mark. Yeah, maybe X squared. Do we just refer to it as, a, as the check mark subscription? Yes. I don't know. We have to do something. Maybe they'll even change the color. Because it can't be blue, because that's you know. And what's gonna happen to that little bird? That's been there forever, forever and ever. That little bird might turn into a chicken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We have company. Yeah, we'll have. Uh, we'll talk a little football in the nine o'clock hour, and we will have a special guest there uh, to do that with you. And I'll tell you who that is in a second. But first, I want to start out with a really crazy weekend for me. And it is a crazy weekend following my team. It is a crazy weekend following the New York Mets. It was a crazy weekend thinking that although Boston is not been the Red Sox that you would think, but nevertheless, I thought the Mets had a shot. I really did. I thought they had a shot. I thought they would come up big because, let's face it, right? Most people who have any common sense have rolled this team off. Most people who have any common sense have said, you know, listen, like, this over. They're not going to win anything this year. They're not going to the postseason, okay? They're, they're going to be sellers at the deadline, maybe, moderately, because, I mean, who wants what they have? And when you look at this, when you look at this season and you try to figure out like what happened, it's it's really very simple. Right? It's really, really very simple. It's about the fact that, and we'll leave the offense aside for a moment. It's really about the fact that starting pitching just has not gotten it done. I'm reading an article about Tyler McGill, who's in the minor leagues, who still can't get on track. And this was a guy last year who was big. Remember, Met fans, he started the season. He was Jacob DeGrom. And he was really good. David Peterson, last season, really good. Max Scherzer, last season, pretty good. Not great against Atlanta at the end of the season, but for most of the season, pretty good. Chris Bassett, last season, pretty good. Carlos Carrasco, last season. Pretty good. Carlos Carrasco this season, not even close. Kind of more like the Carrasco when he first got here, right? The guy that could not give you six innings consistently. And see, that's been the biggest issue with this Mets starting staff. Has been that they don't go long in games. They do not go long. They give you no length, none. 
And so with a weakened bullpen, guess what happens? Well, more run score. And every night, and even the bullpen could be good on a couple of nights, they're not going to be good every night because they're human beings, not machines. So that's what you're seeing. You're seeing with this franchise this season, their pitching has let them down. And the whole idea of signing two uh, former Cy Young Award winners, one of them and Justin Verlander winning one last year, consistently, they've not gotten it done. And nowhere was it more evident than this weekend in Boston, where Verlander got you started, gave you a nice outing, solid Verlander. Okay? And then you're figuring, well, you know what? Um, let's see. Uh, we got uh, Scherzer. Yeah, that'll be good. We got Scherzer. We'll have him. He'll hook us up. No, he didn't. Once again, not a good start. And then last night, Carlos Carrasco, once again, not a good start. So, once again, the Mets find themselves floundering. What are they going to do? What is the situation for this team who is now seven games under 500, having played 99 games? So when they step on the field at Yankee Stadium tomorrow night in a two-game series ending the home-at-home home with the Mets and Yankees, they are looking, they are playing for their season, what's left of it. And once again, I get it. If you have made the decision that the team is over, it's done, they're not making it, I get it. I want to hear from you too. 1-800-919-3776. I want to hear why you think they're not going to make it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost right there with you. Almost. I'm not ready to throw the towel in yet, but I'm close. I'm close. And I'm still going to watch them. They're still my team. I'll still watch. I'll still watch the progress of the young folks. I'll still watch to see what, you know, Francisco Alvarez does. I'll still watch to see Brett Beatty. I'll still watch to see Vientos if he ever gets into the lineup. I'll still watch. Maybe Benuelos will be brought up. I will still watch my team. But the idea of them being able to win something or go somewhere, I, I don't see it. But I'm, but I'm not giving up yet. I'm just not. And of course, I mentioned Verlander. Verlander's not Verlander's last start was not against Boston. <clears throat> Excuse me, his next start is tomorrow night. So it was early, but his last start, he was really good. That's what you're looking for. And for me, not so. He, and, and once again, I understand that Scherzer's not going to be Scherzer. I've made that leap. I've I've made that decision. I've made that adjustment already. I'm good with it. I know what the deal is. Okay, I know. But in a situation where Scherzer, you needed him to give you that game because here's what you knew. And here's what he had to know. I can't depend on Carrasco. I can't depend on him. The Mets needed to take that series. Okay, they needed to. And they didn't get it done. And that's on Scherzer. He's the ace. He's the co-ace of the staff. His job is to be a stopper. Okay, stop the losing streak or continue the winning streak. That's his job. And so for him to give up four home runs 
two to the same guy. It's a bad job. And I, and I get it. Well, it was location problems, the slider. I, I've heard it all. And I, once again, I've made the adjustment. I don't expect him to be great. But I did expect him to give me something. And four home runs is not getting it done. It just isn't. And then, you know, we talk about the offense, and, you know, the offense wasn't great. It continues to struggle. It continues to be inconsistent. And that's another frustrating part of this. You know, you can go up and down that lineup. People whom you expected to produce just haven't gotten it done. Brandon Nimmo's been like Mr. He's, he's been the most consistent guy offensively. It's not even close. Not even close. Lindor's been good. Alonzo's still struggling. I don't know if he's still hurt. So as we get to this point where we are, what, eight days and counting? For the trade deadline of August 1st? I mean, what... Can they win? Let's put it this way. Can they get to 500 by the trade deadline? Seven games under 500. Can they get to 500 by the trade deadline to make you think that, okay, you know what? We're, we're going to be buyers. We're, we're going to make a run here. We're going to get another play. We're going to get another reliever. We're going to get another bat, and we're going to go for it. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to make a move. These are the reasons why, if you're thinking that it's done, that's why, that's why you think it's done. Because there has not, there's been nothing other than the six-game winning streak that turned into a four-game losing streak. There's been nothing that this team has done recently to make you think that they could be in a situation where eight days away they could win seven games straight. There's no way. There's nothing they've shown you to make you think they can do that. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm like I always say, I'm ready to uh, have them. I'm ready to have them put me out of my misery because I really, I don't want to be on this seesaw. Well, today you feel like it. Well, tomorrow, I mean, I could just say that I, I just, I'm just not ready to give them up. I still believe that from an offensive standpoint, they could overcome the pitching and maybe just put a streak together. Seven in a row is going to be a bit much. But ultimately, isn't that what they have to do for the front office to make a decision? Because for me, if you're not 500, why are we even bothering? Seven straight. Can this Met team win seven straight games? There's people in the studio laughing at me. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls next. It's Hardesty Pagrasso on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talk a little Mets with Ernie in the Bronx. Ernie, start us off on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Larry. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Ernie. What's happening? Larry, Larry, this is, the, this is my take on, on the innings thing. I feel like this. I feel like if we don't stretch out these starting pitches to 120 pitches, Whenever that happens, whether it's during the beginning of spring training into the first month of the season, then I truly feel we'll never see a pitcher throw more than seven innings ever again. I think it's an absolute joke. I mean, I'm 53 years old, and I've seen baseball change dramatically over the last 
40 years or so, you know? It's kind of crazy if you think about it. It's, it's just it's insane to me, you know? And also, I just wanted to say one other thing. I also feel like the Edwin Diaz, losing him at the beginning of the season had a trickle-down effect on the bullpen, and it got felt right away. They got out of the gate 14-7. and seven. They were doing pretty good, and then they collapsed. You're right, Ernie. Thanks for the phone call. And th- but see, for me, once Diaz went down, and he went down in the WBC. I mean, come on, you you don't get you don't look to add more depth in the bullpen. I mean, you had to do try to do a better job. You knew these guys weren't going to be that good. It was it was a, the back end was average at best. Now I get it. You expected that Scherzer was going to give you more, but once again. Verlander wasn't available at the start of the season. So, and you saw what was going on with Miguel and Peterson. So there was an opportunity for you to even then try to make another move for starter. But listen, that ship has sailed. The bottom line here is, because of that, it really showed the weakness to your bullpen. And that's why you're in the situation you're in now. And unfortunately, your offense couldn't pick you up and couldn't save you and couldn't maybe add some runs so that you went, you may not have had to go to that other reliever before you got to Adobino or Robertson. But that's not the way it's went. Marcano was asked about the deadline and what's the team's approach as we get closer to August 1st. It's something that's not under my control, really. And as an athlete, I'm just trying to control what I can control. So it's not really anything that I have any say or power over. So there's no point in me really focusing on that right now. What about the team's approach? I mean, I don't know. It would have been probably we just got in here. You know, the game just ended. So if we would have won today, it would have been, you know, maybe we can be buyers, you know. And I, uh, I, so I don't, I don't really know. I don't want to speculate. Who knows? It's really tough for a player in that clubhouse, especially one who was here on this team last year, when you won 101 games, to find yourself in this position where you are now seven games under 500 at 46 and 53. It's it's got to be it, you got to you have to be sitting there like what world am I in? How did we get this far? They are five games out of last place. They are the only team, the Mets, the only team in this division in the East that's on a losing streak. Everybody else has won at least one game. Nationals have won three in a row, and they're closing in. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Here's Don LaGreca, who with Dan Grasso manned the Michael K show here on 98.7 ESPN today. And here's Don on Max Scherzer this season for the Mets. 
Scherzer's just killing me because it seems like every time there's a big game for him to pitch, going back to last year, he spits the bit, gives up four home runs on Saturday after the Mets eventually win game one that carried over into Saturday afternoon. You get a Scherzer quality start there. You get a win. That's a series win. That'd be two straight series win in a row. And then you could start talking about maybe carving in to that deficit, just win series, right? Well, you had a chance to win the series on Saturday with a big performance from Scherzer. You didn't get it. And then you get beat up on Sunday Night Baseball, and you end up losing the series to the Red Sox. So it's one step forward, two steps back for the Mets. So it's over. It's done. I hear what he's saying. I'm still holding out hope. But you know what? Uh, Dan Grasso agrees with Don. We're a week away from the trade deadline. I know you still got a third of the season to play. Guess what, guys? It is over. The 2023 Mets season is over. And anybody that thinks that you're going to be able to parse Max Scherzer off to some other team after what you saw the other night, what other team is looking at Max Scherzer and saying, boy, that's a difference maker. That's a guy that we got to bring onto our team. Considering the fact, Don, that the last two years, one in a Dodger uniform, last year in a Met uniform, the guy has worn down late in the season and hasn't answered the call when his team's needed him the most. So how are you moving him? You're not. You're thousand percent right, Dan. You're not moving him. He's not going anywhere. You're stuck with him. You are. Listen, it should have worked. <laughs> you rolled the dice. It should have worked. It should have been a scenario where, hey, guess what? We got these two. Yeah, they're up in age, but these two guys at the top of our rotation, boy, Scherzer, Verlander. I mean, we're not going to re-sign DeGrom. So we bring Verlander in here. Perfect. We, they perform well. We maybe have a miss a start here and there. So they're good and ready to roll for the postseason. And then at the top of our rotation in the short series, we've got Scherzer and Verlander back to back. We should be 2-0 in every series. And depending on how the series goes, day off here, day off there, travel day, you know, we might do like the, we might do like the Yankees did in 09 and have three starters pitch every series, with days off here and the day off there and whatnot. We could we could have we could have Scherzer and Verlander pitch twice in the series, and if we get lucky, maybe one of them would go a third time. Because that's the that's that's how the Mets were thinking. Would have been perfect. It would have been great. No such luck. No such luck. And once again, the big tease is an opportunity. Listen, look, they're in the game. Hey, they won this one. Maybe they'll win this one. The roller coaster ride has been just unbelievable. It has been. And the reason why I haven't I haven't said it's over yet is because I've seen too many instances where teams have come back. So as a fan, I have maybe about a little bit of hope left. A little bit. I haven't, the door is almost closed. I have not shut the door and put the lock on there and the chain and the bolt yet. Because I look at their schedule and it's still doable. To me, it's still doable that they could win a couple of series, get on a roll, and then who knows what happens. I mean, we haven't hit August yet. Okay, if this was September, going into September, I mean, forget it. We, I'm ready to move on. Let's talk about what's happening next year. Bring all the kids up. I don't want to see anybody. Bring all the kids. It's the last week of July. So for me, as a baseball fan, as a Mets fan, it's hard for me to say it's over. It's hard. I admit it. 
I'm not ready to let it go. I mean, I've, I've watched my team lose a lead and not make the postseason in less time than this. So I'm not ready to give it up yet, but I will admit to you, it's a hard conversation to hang in there. <laughs> it's a hard conversation. Not only because of the way they're playing, not only because how many games they're out of the last playoff spot, but how many teams they would have to jump over to do it. one 800 We'll continue to talk Mets, and we'll bring the Yankees into the conversation since they both play each other tomorrow night. And once again, the Yankees did what they were supposed to do. Get rid of Kansas City. How bad are the Royals? Ooh. We'll discuss that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> He had a good day yesterday. And I'll say this. If you're a Yankee fan and he can get going for the next week or two, makes a difference. But I got to say this, and I'll get to the calls in a second. Joe, see if you're with me. I was on the air yesterday, and uh, Tom Bauer and Julian Krasnick was uh, on. We were working in the studios, right? And... Rizzo hits the double, okay? That's misplayed. The Royals are such a bad team. So the, the center fielder misplayed, the ball goes to the wall. I'm wondering while I'm on the air, I'm saying they're not going to wave Stanton in. They wave him in. He came around third. Joe, he came around third slower than he does on the home run trot. And then it's like he didn't slide. It's like he fell on home base. On plate. I thought he was done for the year. <laughs> My exact reaction. My first reaction was, what is Luis Rojas doing? <laughs> Secondly, as he's coming around third base, I said, oh, no, he pulled something. And then as he fell, just it collapsed on home plate. I said, either he's completely out of gas or we might have to resuscitate him in the dugout because he might be, yeah, done for the year. Listen, I understand the Yankees need runs. But, Luis, it's Kansas City. You'll get more. <laughs> right. It was like Chin Ming Wong rounding third base in uh, in Houston. That, I know. Stanton running the bases is like a pitcher running the bases. Oh. And, he, and the, the funny thing for me was he slowed up rounding third. I mean, he goes around third faster when he takes the fake handoff to celebrate the home run try. Yeah, he was waiting for the fake handoff. It wasn't coming. So, I guess he uh, he didn't know what to do. Oh, man, that's crazy. It's crazy. But listen, Yankees swept Kansas City. I get it. It's Kansas City. It's Kansas City. You mean to tell me the Yankees haven't lost to bad teams before this season? We suck. You mean to tell me the Yankees haven't lost series, haven't been swept by bad teams before this season? Yeah, they have. So, I mean, you know, whether it's Kansas City or not, you need wins right now. You're trying to make a push. And especially with the with this schedule you got coming up beginning next weekend with at Baltimore. And oh, by the way, in the game, Yankee fans, I don't know if you know this, but Aaron Hicks got hurt diving for a ball. It looked like he fell on his wrist and hurt uh, either his knee or ankle or hip. 
and he was replaced in the game. So I don't know if he'll be available. I think he's, you know, he's hurt. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it's nothing serious. So you got three at Baltimore. Then you come home, you got Tampa, who right now looks like the Mets in June. I mean, what happened to that Tampa team? What are they, four and 105? They can't buy a victory now. That's what I'm telling you. See, that's what I'm saying to you about the Mets. Okay, how be- how great was Tampa? Tampa got off to an unworldly start. Unworldly. And I don't know whether it's injuries or just a slump or whatever. They have fallen off the face of the earth. Baltimore's in first place. Now, I'll say this. If the Mets are similar to where they are right now, by Friday, I'm done. It's over. I'm done. Because then I'm looking at the beginning of August with you six, seven games out of uh, under 500. Not out of the first place. Under 500. No, it's not happening. Then I know. I'm good. So uh, they, they got a week for me. They got a week. Tommy's in Long Island. Tommy, you're next on 98.7. Friend. Hey, what's up, Tommy? Can you, can you believe – what do you think? I, I agree with you about by Friday they're out of it. Is there any way you think – what are we going to do? Sell? Who are we selling? Sell. What are we getting? You're selling. You're selling whatever you can, Tommy. You're selling Robertson. You're selling uh, whatever you can. And, and thanks for the phone call. And if you're judging from uh, what Steve Cohen said in his presser, he wants to build up the minor league system. So you try to get some young talent as much as you can to try to build up your system. That, and that's what you do. I mean, Buster mentioned a couple of folks who they might be, who would be sellers, that they'd be measured sellers, as Buster put it. And he's right, because nobody's taking Verlander and nobody's taking Scherzer. Somebody might take Verlander if he waves the no trade. Nobody's taking Scherzer. The way he's pitched. And once again, when the Mets got him, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, be, oh, yeah, I told you so. But that was a concern for me, that they got him the season after he wore down for the Dodgers and and was unavailable for a couple of postseason games. I'm like, that's not what I want. I'm, you know, I'm concerned. I'm not saying you shouldn't have gotten him. I got, I'm sure the Mets did their due diligence and felt that he was still still had the ability to perform close to the way he was. And there had, last season, except for the last part of Atlanta, he was very good. He was Max Scherzer. Not this year. Not this year. Kenny's in Jersey. Kenny, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing? I was calling to find out if I can get some clarity on this new rule in football where you can't hand the ball off forward or something like that. I don't know if you guys heard about it. But it's some kind of new rule, and it seemed like it's designed to take away the read option or at least, you know, affect it. You can't hand the ball forward. Well, here's where it goes. Here's where it is, Kenny. Um, Before, it was illegal to hand the ball forward to another player unless that player was behind the line of scrimmage, right? So now what the NFL has said is it's even more illegal. So the forward handoff is illegal if it's to an ineligible player or an eligible player beyond the line of scrimmage. So even so, you know how these situations where a player, a, a guy comes in and he's not eligible, doesn't doesn't say he's eligible, a situation like that, and you hand the ball to him like on a running play, 
it, you can't do that anymore. So they're making it, they're just, they're just enforcing it even more. Hopefully that clarifies it for you. Floyd's in Harlem. What's up, Floyd? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. I um, It's funny I'm talking to you on my watch phone. My oh, significant okay. other just got me. All right. But so I want to say that I guess they, the organization can see right now why they should have paid um, Judge the money that he was he was asking for. He's a big inspiration to that team, and they're going to do good when it comes down to to the playoffs. They are going to make the playoffs, and they're going to shock everybody. All right, Floyd. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for your confidence as a Yankee fan. But I'll say this, Floyd. Aaron Judge, we know Aaron Judge deserves his money. There's no question about it. He had the MVP season last year, set the single season, reset the single season home run record by breaking the Roger Maris record, 62, you know, in, in the single season. So he was unbelievable last year. Clearly the MVP wasn't close to me. Even with him in the lineup, you were a third-place team. He carried that lineup last year in the second half. He carried, he played virtually every day in the second half of the season. He got almost no help offensively. It was total opposite of the first half of the season. And that's why most Yankee fans, Floyd, shake their head. Most Yankee fans have been annoyed. Most Yankee fans have criticized Brian Cashman because he virtually brought back the exact same lineup this season and expected it to be different. He didn't believe what he saw, Floyd. He thought that the lineup that he had was closer to the first half of the season. And even if he, and I'll say this, even if he thought that way, even if he did, when he got to the postseason, it was clear his lineup wasn't good enough to face Houston. I mean, it wasn't close. There were times when the offense looked overmatched. But yet and still, he brought back the same lineup, basically, this season and expected it to be different. He expected Aaron Hicks to be a new player. He expected Josh Donaldson to be a new player. He expected Volpe to be Derek Jeter. And who knows, he may be Derek Jeter. Not this year. Who knows, he may be. Okay? So, as great as Aaron Judge is, and he is great. He can't do this alone. Because you're asking him to have a similar season. That's a, that's a once in a career season he had last year. Everybody, I mean, even in the steroid era, people didn't hit 60 home runs back-to-back -back consecutive years consistently. A bunch of folks. Even in the steroid era. 1-800-919-3776. More calls next on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, my God. Joking.